welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leland McRae. Leland, it's region playoff time. We have some exits already. We have some teams still alive. Uh, let's start talking about it uh, because uh, for Stanton, they've got a big test with Spotswood, who looks really, really good on the boys' side. And uh, for Stewart's draft, yikes. Uh, the sixth seed because of we talked about it last week, just the fall at the end of the year. Yeah. Now they got to go to Berryville. It's a long drive up on a Tuesday. Uh, and if they win that game, it's an even longer drive to Buckingham, I believe. Yeah. They, they took the beating there uh, with the, with the seating, but I would talk about Stanton. I mean, that's, that's been our biggest hope all year is they're going to be in a position to advance back to state playoffs. Um since we talked last, I mean, seeding came out and they had fallen to the four seed. That's where we didn't want them to fall was that four or five line because we wanted them to get to a uh, region championship game, assuming against Spotswood, where no matter what they'd advance because Spotswood is that good. Uh, Wilson already learned that lesson and Wilson's season's already done and they finished 15 and nine, uh, but they lost by 50, 40, 40 something. So almost 50, um, yeah. Stanton's going to have to play the absolute best game they've played all year and hope that Spotswood doesn't play an okay game. Cause that's how much better Spotswood I think is re- than this region. They're really good this year. Um, I think midway through the year, I, I don't know if I knew that, but really looking at stuff down the stretch there, this might be one of the best Spotswood teams they've had. And that is actually, that's saying really big things, you know, that's, that's similar to at a time if we said, oh, this is the best Riverheads football team they've had. Like, oh, well, that's compared to a lot of good teams. Spotswood's had a lot of good teams up there, and uh, they've done big things, and, and this is one of those teams. They're very loaded. Satan can play their best game and lose this. That's how good they are. So um, Satan's got to do their part. they got to play their best game and try to make Spotswood uncomfortable, a position they haven't been a lot this season, and see how they react. And, and go from there. I I don't know the game plan for for Stanton to win this one. I just know it starts with what I just said. Play play your best game. Play your basketball and and do it well. And uh, see if you're in the game towards the end of it. Yeah, I just have the concern when you see. Yeah. And I know Stanton didn't really have tests against Wilson either, but they weren't like that. And, and Stanton's got some bona fide, you know players that are going to be playing at the next level too, which is, yeah, yeah. which is the concern. And so you got to find a way to stop them. In addition to, as you said, playing your game, you got to find a way to slow those guys down. You're not going to stop them, but you got to find a way to slow them down so you can be around in the fourth quarter. Um, and, and, you know, I, I guess that would be my message. You know, guys, we just need to hang around, just hang around, yeah. keep them. Don't let them get a big run and pull away. Play scrappy. Stay yeah. in the game. Cause if you're in the game, you know, final, you know, five, four minutes of the game, then who knows what happens in that fourth quarter. Then you, then you start getting confidence and maybe they get a little bit in their head and maybe they get a little shaky, yeah. but it's a, it's a tall task to stay in the game for that long against this Spotswood team. I don't know if I like their odds in doing that. Um, and so then we, you know, you start looking at the other boys teams in the area. I've already touched on it. I don't think draft is going to win against Clark. If they do, they're certainly not going to be Buckingham. And then, uh, for they've made it hard on themselves. Just, I mean, I know you're yeah. you're moving quick through this. They've made it hard on themselves. I mean, they really, they really have. I think I I wouldn't have minded a Clark matchup uh, a couple weeks ago. You know, with if they were the three seed um, or something like that, and, and got like a Clark 
team, but when they fall in these, and now they're traveling to Clark, makes that harder. And then to, to think, okay, if somehow they go up there, find that win, then a trip to Buckingham, who's, who's really good. And they're too, like, it, it's just, they've really made it hard on themselves. I mean, good progress, good year. Uh, Brad DeWitt won coach of the year in the district. Uh, I know everybody always has their opinions on Twitter immediately. I, I think there was good options this year. Yes. Terrell Mickens, great coach, great year, undefeated season, probably had a good amount of votes, but I don't think Brad DeWitt didn't deserve it. So, you know, it went his way. Um, and, and, you know, they were undefeated until the last two weeks of the season. That that's really impressive. I think in this district for Stewart's draft to do in this, in, in what, from what they came from. So uh, yeah, I'm hoping for positives here. I, I agree. They've made it hard on themselves. And I think, you know, just, uh, I guess play devil's advocate on the, you know, or not devil's advocate, but kind of the rationale on why to pick coach DeWitt. I mean, Yes, I know Coach Mickens went undefeated, and that's not necessarily the easiest thing to do. But uh, honestly, this year it was kind of expected. So that yeah. it's not saying Coach Mickens isn't a great coach. It's just Coach Mickens is the unfortunate. Unfortunately for him, this is what we expected from Stanton. So it, it you can't yeah. go above and beyond going undefeated. But you also like when when the expectation is undefeated. It's a lot of those years when. I, I thought other people could be coach of the year in the Shenandoah district of football, even though Riverhead's going undefeated, blowing everybody yeah. out. I'm like, okay, but they're supposed to. Like, it, yeah. Coach DeWitt, I, I don't think anyone That's, had Coach DeWitt. Yeah, I don't think anyone had Coach DeWitt doing this well this year with this fourth team, or, or excuse me, with this draft team. And, and yes, they kind of fall off there at the end, and it, it's not been the greatest uh, close of the season, and it, and it might end up yeah, being but... another loss here in the first round and an early exit, whereas... I guess another candidate you could have thrown out there was Fort, but Fort had kind of a nice, some nice pieces coming back. So I I kind of also agree. And in terms of the district, I guess Fort was better, but that non-district was rough for them and they didn't have the start that Stewart's draft has. And so that's in a lot of people's mind. Yeah. I I like Brad DeWitt too as the choice. And football, we're often the voice kind of speaking to, and, and as much as a Riverhead's homer I am, I and I know Casto won a bunch, Norcross has won the last couple. We're the voices saying, well, like you would, might have would have considered, you know, Coach Rolf this year for really, Fort's really come along this year. Coach Mikey Bell a couple of years ago, we were saying that early in that year. So, like, we're usually that voice saying this improved team kind of deserves that look. So, here, I'm glad that this improved team got it. Nothing against Trail Trail deserves it sure he deserves it but so does brad dewitt and brad dewitt won it so i'm not upset yeah I, there it is i, I agree and i yeah. can't remember if coach bell i think coach bell Mike, did win didn't he uh mick or uh coach bell won but norcross got it this year i i was just, yeah you know i was just trying to think I, back I mean, when you said coach said. bell yeah no you you're right we both were saying Coach Bell should win that early on i was just i couldn't remember if he actually did or if that was another one of those years i'm pretty sure like, he did yeah, I, it, all the years kind of go in and out now. Yeah. Um, but if he didn't, th- then I'm bringing it up, and darn it, he should have. You know, yeah, he should have. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I agree. Um, I, we did skip over Fort. Fort does play Larray on Tuesday, and that's that. I mean, that's the that's the team I'm keep saying like this style that's hard to manage. Like all all of a sudden, I got to get ready for this different style and, and yeah. not get lose what we are just because we're playing this up and down team. We've seen this style work to an advantage in the postseason. As a 
four seed here. They get the home game. They get Larray coming. You know, I, I since they're favored, since they're the home seed, I kind of expect them to win that. Is this style going to get them past Madison? I don't think so. I think Madison's too good of a program to let that phase them. This is a, a team that's used to going in tournament mode, having to find out who they're playing, play them two nights later, you know, be coached up and ready to go. Madison's a, a, a solid program, and I don't think it'll phase them like we've seen some other teams do it. But, you know, this is the time, you know, for when they started bad. This is the time to shine. Well, now the time to shine to shut everybody up. So. I also don't. I know they're the home team, but I, I don't know if they even beat Larray. I wouldn't be shocked to see the Bulldogs come away with the I, win there. Just this team is. I don't think that much of a Larray, so I, I don't. This team is streaky. Win. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you and I have said a number of times on this podcast, and there's a reason Coach Mickens going undefeated doesn't win him Coach of the Year in the Shenandoah District. I don't think much of the Shenandoah District. I think we're sure. seeing that with our teams. I, Buffalo Gap is the seven and one B. You got you got a Riverheads team that didn't win a district game. You got a Waynesboro team that's three and ten. You look at all these losing records. Fort's five hundred, which means their non district schedule beat them up. I I don't know that that would be a concern if I'm Fort going into the playoffs because you're not playing shit into a district teams in the two B tournament unless you and Stuart Straff meet in the championship at Shenandoah University which I think we both would agree is unlikely. Yeah. Nothing, nothing has stood out to me this year for Larray. I, when I was talking with Cody Elliott, who was unable to be on the podcast yeah. tonight, um, you know, he, he talked about different teams. I'm not going to say specifically what he said about different teams, but just overall and having conversations with Cody and others and looking at stuff, it, you know, it, I don't, nothing from Larray says, Oh, they're just going to beat Ford. They're going to come down here. Like, I think, I don't either, think either I said they win. were either definitely going to beat Ford. I just said, I wouldn't be shocked if the, if Larray came away yeah. with the win. Yeah. It's fine. With this, with this kind of system that coach Gale runs, and I'm not knocking coach Gale or the system, but, it's streaky, right? If you're on, you're on. Yeah. If you're not, you're in trouble. So if Ford has a bad shooting night, they could very, very easily lose yeah, this game. Absolutely. Yeah, Gap's still in it uh, because they got in as a seven seed, as a four and eight, as a 10 and 12 team, and four and eight in the district. Yeah. I uh, They play Tuesday night. Um, I think next week, I'm not, I would just, I'm kind of a, I don't think we'll be talking about any boys teams next Monday. Uh, how they how they have a game scheduled? I don't think I I think that's what's ahead of us. On the girls' side, Buffalo Gap's the best shot uh, to get yep. out. Uh, they won their first game tonight against Surrey County in a game where uh, Surrey County lit up the scoreboard in, in the second half to get to twenty two. <laughs> um, but them in UVA tonight, right? <laughs> and a forty two point win for Buffalo Gap is a good sign. The hard part for them is going to be their their nemesis last year is who they see in the region semifinals. Yeah. You like to and think they they're going to get past them though. Down. Yeah, they did. Uh, you you like to think they're going to get a win there and then move on to the final. But uh, yeah, it, it's going to be tough. Rappahannock County won seventy four to nine. You have on here. Yeah, that's accurate. Oh, all right. Uh, per the NFHS video feed, yeah. I don't know. I think this goes back to our not everybody needs to make the tournament. Spiel, we make it a lot in football. It's the same and that's basketball. A, and that's like a three six game. Yeah. Like, what do you learn? What do you learn 
or what what's the reward if you're all to you know you learn you you learn while you're on the bus ride you stop at the burger king to get something on the way home like what you like to order from burger king you know like that's what you learn about uh, yourself and even for surrey like what did surrey <laughs> what is surrey what does that team yeah. get out of driving all the way to augusta county to lose by 42 points because buffalo gap called off the dogs otherwise that could have been 74 to 9 yeah, that thing was like what thirty eight nothing. I mean, it was forty four to two or something. Oh, like I, I just, yeah. I understand everybody wants their money, but at a certain point, I don't. You know what? On this one, I almost say this isn't always really about the money. This I more equate to everybody. No, people can't get eliminated ever. And this started, this like adjusted when I was in high school, I started feeling this. Like it was like you, you played, you played in the district tournament and then all these teams still made it. And and maybe even as well after I was in high school, it really changed. Like the whole Shenandoah district would then be in a region tournament. And it's just like, when do you ever get eliminated? And it, and you play in these tournaments and never get eliminated. It's just like, we have to draw the line somewhere. And so I, I think in this region that is so, I mean, it's top loaded. Rappahannock County, I'm not going to talk trash on them, but three down is no good. Like no one's touching um, or uh, under three is touching that anybody. So but I like, think I, I don't know. Like it's I'm just not worth our time. It's yeah. not worth anybody's time. Generally, yeah. And I know if region. I know if we say six teams get in, then, you know, Alta Vista still gets destroyed yeah. by Rappahannock. But in three C, I think, you know, Wilson's another one. I, luckily, it's not as long of a of a drive up to pin layered, but I mean, mission accomplished. I, I don't and know. They played him like, like the week before too, in regular season, it was the same kind of thing. I yeah. Just, I, I yeah. just think it's you tough. don't need eight teams in these tournaments necessarily in all these regions. I, I think it's okay to look at some of them and go, mm, probably not. And, and some of it is just the one seed is that good. Right. And, and that's part of the case with Stuart, uh, excuse me, with Spotswood is just, they're that good. And so they're going to beat a lot of teams like that. So maybe that's not a fair assessment this year to make on Wilson. But I will say, like, in, in terms of 1B in particular, it feels like every sport. Like, 1B is honestly a sport where I think you could just take two teams. Yeah. Or four. Well, they four do that the in the spring because they only have, like, yeah. two girls soccer teams and all that. It's not, it's not good. No, it's not good. It's not. Um, yeah, we hope. Gap, we plan on talking about next week. But the, that big test is going to be Wednesday. I mean, it all kind of hinges on that. You really want to early see Buffalo Gap come out early in that game um, and not get roped in to that style of play that Rappahannock County plays where they just try to roughen everything up. Um, Buffalo Gap can win that way. I'm not saying it's impossible, but Buffalo Gap wants to be making shots and and, and having maybe a little bit of lead there. And you're going to feel a lot better about that. You're not going to want to be fighting back against a physical team like Rappahannock County because you're going to get results like last year um, where it's a real tight game and – something happens in the end, you don't win and you're dependent on refs to make the right call. You, you don't, you don't do that. So I I'm really hopeful for Buffalo gap. A lot of these conversations I have uh, with people, including coaches in the area really are high on Buffalo gap. Thinking this really is their year. I I'm more worried about Wednesday than I am Friday necessarily um, just because of the history, I think is part of that too. So I hope it, I hope it's, I hope Rappahannock County, is in Buffalo Gap's head in the right way and not the wrong way. So Fort Fort plays Central. Um, that'll be a tough game. Uh, not an impossible <laughs> one for them to win, but it's going to be tough. Yeah, 
and and even more so because they lost uh, Trinity Hedrick. She yeah messed up her leg uh, right there at the end. Um, her brother had to come on the court and carry her off. It was, it was a real dramatic time, and 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 it's just sad to see. And I think she still got her thousand points apparently. Yeah. Um, but it was just it was just tough to see. Yeah, I'm not really optimistic for them to advance. I think um, that Central game looks a lot harder. And it was probably hard to begin with. Yeah. So yeah, I, I just don't like that. Now, you know, this is this is might be the beginning of a movie, you know, where the star player goes down and and the players come and find some wins. But um, you know, Central's not a world beater, so like I, you know, I, you leave that door a creek open. But that's that's a tough game and a tough gym and and all that. So yeah, Fort Fort has their hands full. And for Ford, in addition to losing one of their best players, it's also kind of the same story as on the boys' side. Eight and four in the district, eleven and eleven overall. That kind of tells you outside the district they weren't very good, and right. you're not playing a lot of district teams anymore. Well, luckily they were playing a lot of three C teams in the non-district. This does go to two B, but I think Central solid. Central solid. Yeah. They didn't. They didn't. Um, Ford didn't find that seeding to help them. Yeah. Stewart's draft will also be playing uh, Tuesday night. They play Page County, and um, best of luck to That's Stewart's draft. Yeah, pessimistic about that. Page County is one of those programs knows how to win, knows how to win. It come into February and March, so uh, you hope for the best. Good season though, good improvement from what they were. They had won ten games over the last few seasons, and they won twelve this year. So that's an improvement, step in the right direction with a first year coach. Hopefully, they can have stability there and uh, keep building on that. Because I, I think the, the, we could use another good girls team. I think Stanton took their stride. Sir Strap took their stride. I just want to keep seeing it go up. On the college side, uh, mixed bag week for Tech. But I guess, you know, in terms of Virginia Tech yeah. season, it's, it was a good week. You get two wins and only yeah. one loss. Um, beat Florida at, State. At this point, I, yeah, we, we said Florida, it before you come on. Win. At this point, like, the negatives don't bother me, and yeah. the positives are great. Like, I like beating Florida State. I like beating UVA. Like, that's great. I can ignore UNC because that loss really doesn't hurt what our goals are because our goals aren't the tournament now. So, that's whatever. Yep. Um, for UVA, it was a bad week. They lose to Pitt. Uh, barely beat Wake Forest. That game was not good if you're a UVA fan. I know they were excited at the end of the game, and, and a win's a win, but – didn't score 50. Then it, then it got that technical foul and stuff. It was it was, it was a time was on tight. Twitter to watch UVA fans kind of melt. Yeah. Uh, but then they lose against Virginia Tech tonight um, handily. Handily. I, uh, that's the part that I watched. Would, that's the part that's, if I'm a UVA fan, okay, we lost to Pitt by double digits. We barely beat Wake Forest in a game where we didn't score 50. And we also didn't score 50 against Virginia Tech. And they yeah. killed us. Yeah, you didn't write any wrongs for sure. And uh, I still I think they're in the tournament. Game. I still think they're in the tournament, but like, yeah, I want, you know what, you know what, take, take the name UVA out of it. But like, I want ACC to have as many seeds in there as possible. Yeah. So really, I do want them in there because I, I don't want the ACC disrespected like that. Sure. But I love tonight. I watched every dribble. It was satisfied very early. It wasn't because it was like a 2 2 game at like the first media timeout. It's really rough. Um, and my daughter was like, well, you're right. You're right here in it. And you said UVA was probably the better team right now. I was like, yeah, but we're not, we're not taking advantage. Our defense is playing great. Our offense is taking advantage. Well, when we woke up, we took off our defense kept playing great. Um, I'm going to come back to something from this game later in the show. Uh, but I, I really enjoyed what I saw, especially that first half, uh, second half, 
nothing, nothing negative to say. We got everybody. We emptied the bench, so I love seeing that. And very early in the second half, we established we weren't letting up. So I, I love that. So loved it. Um, UVA, they have a tough road here. They have had what they've had, what we just talked about. And then they get UNC on Saturday. That's tough. Then they get Duke right after that. So this is, you know, kind of uh, we talk about them being in the tournament, I, and I kind of want them to be in the tournament. They they need to find a win here to really solidify something like that. So uh, it's going to be interesting there. You know, those people that are calling for Tony Bennett's head. I mean, I don't know. During the first half, I wanted to text you like, hey, maybe they should have fired him, you know. But, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, this is going to test This is gonna test them. I mean, they're being tested. They're in the middle of that. So, For sure. Uh, for JMU, it was a good week. A uh, couple wins. Uh, left your Giselle die, which was sad. Um, but for JMU and the current men's program, they're they're right there where they want to be heading into the Sun Belt Conference tournament, which starts at the end of uh, or beginning of the month. Considering they had the two wins, I think the really only thing to pause on here is the lefty Giselle passing away there. And you know he's he's got to coach Kenny Brooks. He coached a lot of these big uh, JMU names that we know uh, that have been in and out of the program uh, since since they played for him back in the eighties. Mm-hmm. And um, you know it's 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 significant. Um, so, uh, I think a, a better Yak Sports podcast probably would have had somebody on this week to talk about that. Cause he had such an impact on basketball in Harrisonburg while he was there at, at JMU, because he had so much impact at other universities like Maryland, where he was at before he had a lot of wins under his belt. He was well-respected in the, um, in NCAA basketball a little bit before our time. That, and that's what's, what's knocking that, but you can't ignore his impact at JMU when you go to, uh, when I, you know, particularly going back to the convocation center and the convo and you see all those banners up there that are related to him. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a loss. Um, you know, you, you enjoy the fact that he had a long life and lived into his nineties and, and had the impact he did on so many people. So, uh, that's a big loss for a lot of different basketball communities and basketball as a whole. Yeah. I think without a doubt, right. He's the best uh, men's basketball coach in JMU history, and, and you can make a case best basketball coach in JMU history. Uh, Kenny Brooks would probably be the only other one you bring up. Um, but it, which is ironically, like you said, one of his former players. So, it, you know, it, it's sad. It's it's a it's a JMU legend. It's a Maryland legend. He's a basketball Hall of Famer that passed away, and um, obviously, you know, a lot of players who played for him at JMU and elsewhere, you know, had a lot of nice things to say, which is what you like to see. Yeah. And tonight on the tech uh, men's basketball broadcast, they had Kenny Brooks sitting on the sideline watching and he, they, they asked him about lefty Giselle. And uh, something I found interesting that he said was it was until he coached with him before he really understood where he was trying to get with some of the stuff. When he was a player for him, they just thought he was kind of crazy and he was doing stuff to us. And, and so then when he coached with him, he really saw the meaning behind what he was doing. And I found that really interesting for someone that, uh, you know, spent a lot of time on the bench beside a coach uh, in high school. Uh, you know, I, I respect learning from a coach um, and how they coach. And I found that interesting that it took until he was like in the in the coach's room with them before he really understood that. And so uh, that's interesting. And and also that tie between two great coaches right there. Yeah, those when you talk about coaching basketball at JMU, those are the first two names. And uh I don't want to be in that argument. I, I know, I know I've seen more of Kenny, so I, I I'm sure I lean that way, but Hey, that's, that'd be a great argument. So uh, the other men's game that, you know, we kind of talked about a little bit last week and you said you were looking forward to watching because it was going to be a good game. Yeah. Uh, 
it was a good game for somebody. It was a good game if you're a UConn fan. Marquette got <laughs> stomped. I mean, and honestly, that was the game where watching it, I was like, okay, that this is the first time I, I've watched college basketball this year and been like, maybe it's not going to be an interesting tournament. Maybe UConn is the best team because it, everyone else is saying, you know, oh, Purdue. Purdue is up there. And I'm like, if, if Purdue's the other name we're throwing out there, then I'm going to take UConn. Like, I just don't see how that's a game. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, I didn't, I actually missed most of this game because of what's dominating my life, but I did catch the end. Uh, I, you know, I didn't see how it got there. I watched highlights and understand more. I watched enough down the stretch to kind of get a better feel for UConn than I had prior. But, you know, I don't care what Marquette's ranked. They're a top 25 basketball team, right? Like, we're not, we're not debating that really. I know you don't like Shaka, but they're a top 25 basketball team. For them to come in and just absolutely dominate another team that had a low number beside it when they started that game, um, yeah, it's impressive. So I, I don't think UConn's fake. Uh, that's what I kind of learned there. I think UConn's real. They deserve to be considered my national championship uh, pick. And so we'll go from there from that. I, I just wanted to see them before they got in that Big East tournament where weird things happen. And so uh, at least I saw a little bit of them. I'm going to try to commit to finding them again before then. we got a couple weeks to do that. But uh, impressive victory for sure. When and a weekend where Purdue had a, a loss, yeah. and I think because well, they're Purdue. got exposed in some areas. So yeah, because they're Purdue, and that's what they do. Um, yeah, I, I, everybody I talk to says that though. I haven't found one person that like, oh no, Purdue's pretty good because of, like no, everybody's like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's because we've seen Purdue play. Yeah, just like we've seen yeah. the ACC go to the Final Four, we've seen Purdue play. We're told the ACC sucks and Purdue's amazing and. It, that's where I just get confused. Also, like, the Mountain West. Also, the Mountain West is amazing, apparently, too. The Mountain West the is amazing, even yeah. though when they get in the tournament, they don't win a game. I don't know. Um, right. I, I don't know. I'm confused by that. But Ugh. whatever, I guess. I, I don't know ball, I guess. Um, on the women's side, Virginia Tech women are kind of where, you know, you want them to be. And, and you absolutely I'll give you yeah. credit. You 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 believed more than I did because when they when they dropped those couple games, I was that's thinking, a, all right, it's well, consistent with this team. It is. Uh, it is. I, I was sitting there thinking like, all right, maybe, you know, maybe they win the ACC. Maybe they don't. Maybe they get in that ACC championship. Maybe they don't. Uh, but it, it, it's a good team. But I don't know if they're as good as they were last year. Right now, they're looking as good as, as last that year. Good, yep. uh, they're hitting their stride like you felt they could. Uh, the win against Louisville was impressive. That was a game yeah. they controlled from the jump at Louisville. Now they get college game day there at UNC. And, um, you know, I was talking to my cousin who was telling me about it. He said it's the first time an ACC school has ever hosted the women's yeah. college game day. So that's awesome. Yeah, and, and to – to be fair, the, the women's college game day is not that old of a situation. Like, right. you know, it's been minimally put out there, and then the last two years has been more consistent. But still, first time at an ACC school did surprise me too. So I'll, I, I love it. Um, you got to keep your heads through that. Um, but they, they've set themselves up to where, you know, we're believers now kind of no matter what happens right in this little tiny stretch right here. Uh, even if they get a little bit off with a UNC game who's a tough opponent, that's not going to just ruin everything. But I think it's a great day to highlight the program and, uh, you know, hopefully show up and, and beat UNC and, and take care of that and kind of reiterate what uh, I guess I already know. I, I was going to say we, but what I already know as a yeah. playmate. Um, yeah, they're playing great right now. They're playing the type of basketball it takes to go deep into the tournament. I think 
I think they're an elite eight team at least. And, but I don't know when I didn't think that. Um, so I, I has other people joining me talking about final four, which again is a legitimate hope. <laughs> I'm not having that argument this year. Yeah. It's a legit hope. And, and we'll go from here. So I'm excited about all the excitement with this team. They deserve it. They're loaded. They brought back their two best players and the way coach Kenny gets these people in the program to work together and be what, like just be the role players they want to be. Even their stars in a sense are role players. They're just really good at those roles. Like they're not just do it all, all Americans, you know, we just got to put the ball in her hands no matter what. No, like they have their different roles and Amore is going to do what she needs to do and Kitley do what she do, needs to do. But when they score big, we win big. But even in these games where they're not scoring big, we're finding those ways to win because of the other role players stepping up. It's just great signs. And that's the kind of, you know, not just ability in the tournament, but recognition that you can do that in the tournament. And you can say, okay, this isn't my night. I need to be dumping it over here. Like do, do the other things I'm good at and be dumping it over here and have the confidence that they'll do it because you've seen it. So it's awesome. Yep. The, the good thing is the ACC gives you plenty of opportunities to look good. And Virginia Tech has taken advantage of those opportunities. That's what's the big difference. Yeah, the word hasn't gotten to ESPN that they need to crap on the women's ACC too yet. So that's good. Um, I don't know. I read a thing. Was it, I don't know if it was an ESPN writer, but it was like talking about how good the SEC was in women's basketball. And I was like, I got to get out of this. Like, <laughs> Well, I mean, there is LSU, South Carolina, and those are two of the top programs. In they the are country. great. I but want it goes to back know to the other teams in that conference that are better than Virginia Tech because I think that's what the conversation around that art around that article was going. So, but but that's that goes to what I always talk about during football season. Yeah, Georgia was great. Alabama and Georgia or Auburn or whoever it is this year. Yeah, Georgia great, was great. This but what year. else do we got? Yeah, Alabama yeah. was good. That's kind of all we're talking about, though, right? No, 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 yeah. no. Ole Miss is Ole Miss is really good. LSU is really underrated. I was like, okay. I mean, the Pac-12 has a lot of teams in the top 25, and I believe, like, I'm not doubting that, but I I don't know. Going down the SEC, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Um, VCU. And is LSU that spectacular? In football, no. In women's basketball, no. they're good. Yes. They, I mean, they're coming off a national championship. They've had their bumps and bruises this year. I'd still take South Carolina over them easy. This year, right yes. Now. This year, yes. Right now. That doesn't mean they're not good, but yes. Um, yeah. They're good. I don't know. I just, I guess I'm to the point where I'm just not scared of anybody. Like, South Carolina gives me the most scare, and everybody else, I'm like, let's let's go freaking play. Like, I'll come up with, you know. I mean, didn't, didn't I, we I lose know. to let's LSU let's this year them. already? Like. Yeah, early, but like we we are playing a lot better now than we were then. I I think we with that gel of Coach Kenny has come together a lot better now. I don't know if LSU is better now than they were at the beginning of the year. I'm just saying, when you say they're not, are they really that good? Slow your roll a little bit. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm more scared of South Carolina, and they need to be scared of us. That's what I'd be scared of Iowa if I were you. I'd be scared of Iowa if I were you too. Um, Scared of Caitlin Clark? Sure. Because she's great. She is. She is great. Let me just clearly say, she is great. Yeah, she had 49 points against Michigan. She's, yeah, I she's, don't know why people on ESPN have to tell me why she's not. Because I, I I don't know what kind of I don't get all-time that record you have to break 
and then not be considered great. Like you got to be kidding me. I think she's going to, I think she's going to beat pistol Pete's uh, here. I don't know how you go to Duke for a year and you're that stupid. I, well, yeah, I don't know. Um, but, and my, my thing, I'll come back to VCU. Um, while we're on Caitlin Clark, let's talk about Caitlin Clark. Um, I, I just, I don't understand. You were talking about LSU earlier. Mulkey says, you know, well, I don't have anybody on my team that shoots 40 times a game. Uh, okay. She has over a thousand career assists. She's not, she's not just chucking and hoping it goes in. Like she's not, it, it's not a volume thing. It, it's a, she's good thing. It's, she makes the shots she puts up thing. Like she has a thousand career assists. You don't get a thousand career assists if you're not sharing the ball and you're not, you don't have good vision on the floor. Like I, yeah. I, I don't know what that's about. And then you have other people saying, well, she's a fifth-year player. Well, she's not a fifth-year player. And she broke the women's scoring record in fewer games than Kelsey Plum did. And Kelsey Plum was amazing. So, like, I, I just don't know. It goes back to some of the problem. And, and I'm guilty of it in some instances because – and we talked about it during the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. Why, why do we start to not like the Chiefs? Because they win all the time. We're tired of them winning. But when it comes to the individuals, like, we don't – we as a society struggle to appreciate greatness while it's happening. This is greatness. This is, I think, the greatest women's basketball player we've ever seen. But if you want to make a case for others, that's fine. She's in the yeah. conversation, though. And she's absolutely in the conversation. There's no conversation that exists without her. Absolutely. And she's she's doing all this. It's bringing eyeballs to women's basketball. It's it's entertaining. I. I Watching the games, it's entertaining to watch her play. You never know where she's going to pull up from, and she's going to make it. It's not like, oh, she's going to shoot it from half court, and there's an air ball, or there's a brick, and she's missing over half the time she takes that shot. It feels like every time she pulls up from deep, it's going in. And that's what makes it so exciting to watch her play. We said on this podcast last week, it was bad news for Michigan that she didn't break it against Nebraska, and they lost that game because – then they were going to come out with a vengeance. She had 23 points in the first quarter, ended the game with 49 to, to break the Iowa record it, and the NCAA record in the same game. Like, it, bananas. Bananas. Um, like I said, she's going to – the Pistol Pete record is going to fall before the year is over as well. And, and you have here on your notes, and I, and I saw this too um, – Lynette Woodard before played at Kansas before the NCAA recognized women's college basketball as an official division one sport. Um, She's going to pass that mark. Yeah, she is going to pass that mark. I think. Yeah. And there was another one too, that uh, I forget. I forget the The only thing with that one. I don't think that one was a D one. I don't think that was a D one school was the problem. It it probably wasn't pistol. Pete was in like a season less. So like, just so so for our listeners, if you go talking about this, like don't spend a lot of time on pistol. Pete pistol. Pete did it in less time. It's it's different. It's fine. Like she can pass the score. It it is a year less. So like, okay, but let's talk about it. It's going to be you differently, but like, and that's fine. It doesn't make her not great. She's great. Like, I don't know why we need to, Unless we're going to tear all these people we've just said down and say, well, Caitlin Clark's not great. Well, then is <laughs> is Plum not great? As Joe already referenced, is, you know, all these other people that she's breaking these, they're not great? Like, come on. And, like, 
she doesn't have to be the greatest ever. Like we don't have to say she's the Michael Jordan of women's basketball. Like is she Cheryl swoops and Lisa Leslie and all the old school ones. Is she Diana Taurasi and all that? Like, but she's in that category. Like we're, we're going to talk about her with those people and we can start splitting hairs on who's great. And I know UConn has continually top tier players come through there and they've done more winning and they do great scoring while they're there, but not to this mark. Yeah. They're great too. So how's that? Like we don't have to decipher who's absolutely the best. Like Sue Bird can be great without (laughs) tearing apart anybody else. Della Dawn was a great player when she came through. Wasn't she? You saw her live. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I mean, I would put Kelly Clark ahead of that, but like Della Dawn deserves high recognition. Like we've seen some great basketball players. This is one of them. So we don't need to say she's not great. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I agree. And I'm arguing with Jay Williams, not you. Yeah. I, I just, I don't know. Like, the, I hear what you're saying on the Pistol Pete's different, but because he did it in less games or whatever. But and, and people like say, well, there less. wasn't. I mean, the... it's significant less. It's not twenty but, games okay. less. I mean, it's a year difference. And Pistol Pete played when people didn't play basketball. So I, I mean, what are we talking about? Like, this is the argument I think without a three pointer is part of that too. Yeah, but yeah. I, I get there wasn't a three pointer, but yeah. there also wasn't athletes. It's, not, it's just different. That's what I was. That's when, the point I'm trying to make. It's just different. Yeah. It's just a different thing. So don't spend too much time arguing about that. So like we shouldn't either. Like I'm just trying to yeah, educate our I, listeners a little bit. I just not to I, get I don't like when the old school like when the when the boomers get on there like well Pistol Pete did when Pistol Pete played like well when Pistol Pete played basketball players didn't play. I, what do you want me to say to that? Like. Yeah. But he was great. Like we don't have to. Like everybody. Like every. We can he say was, they're great without. Pistol arguing. Pete was great for his time. If Pistol Pete came today, yeah. Pistol Pete would be the guy at the end of the bench, waving the towel. That would be Pistol Pete. It would be a shock <laughs> to walk in the gym for him for sure. It's a much different type of game. I mean, his ball handling, I probably would still hang around. But yeah, it would be a tough game for him. He doesn't have the stature that a lot of these players have now. Yeah. So, um, but when she breaks that record, that's going to be great for, for women's college basketball too. Um, but I said, I was going to go back to VCU. I'll go back to VCU. Uh, they lost to Richmond. Um, it was eerily similar to the first time they played Richmond where they were up for three and a half quarters and then Richmond got the lead and Richmond kind of was able to pull away at the end of the game and get a, get a win over VCU. They did bounce back and beat UMass, which is good. Uh, you didn't want to lose to Richmond twice and they didn't. Uh, but now on Wednesday, they're going to have a big matchup against St. Joe's. So it's uh, another team that is one of the best defensively in the country uh, with VCU. And uh, so that's two A-10 teams in the top 10 defensively in the country. Uh, it's going to be a, a big showdown on Wednesday night at the Seagull Center. And the Rams are going to need that win to stay comfortably in that top four. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully they get it. Uh, JMU women had an up and down week lost versus Georgia state at home. Don't like seeing that. Uh, but then do beat coastal Carolina at home. Uh, both them and the men, the next two weeks are on the road. I don't know what's going on at the combo the next two weeks, but it must be a big deal because both, uh, both teams will be on the road these next two weeks to, uh, close out both of their seasons. I don't know. Are they um, to one of these super regionals or something? I, I they must, I, I don't know. Like, I don't think you play at a neutral, a predetermined neutral site until the state semifinal, which I think, I mean, that's not next week. Well, so. but we saw two B was at Shenandoah University. I mean, that's not. 
That's a neutral site. Well, that's a region. That's a region final. I don't. I don't know. Maybe a region finals come there. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I looked on the website trying to find out what was there. So I'm glad if that's the case. If the answer is VHSL basketball, love it. Awesome. I'm glad we're back to doing this. I'm glad we've we're we're back. Wrestling state championships happened. Uh, Strasburg dominated in class two. Absolutely dominated. The issue. For Riverheads, just not having enough wrestlers from region qualify for states really, really affected their seating. They, the guys they took did well. Uh, they got two state champions out of it. Bryson Cash at 113, Jake Yell at 132. Those are our only area state champions. Uh, Cooper Brandt in, in Class 3 did get a state runner-up. Um, but Strasburg just took off uh, from the field. Uh, and then plenty of teams able to finish ahead of Riverheads from the different regions. Um, I think that's going to be something Riverhead's going to have to kind of get used to knowing that, uh, you know, those strong finishes at state are going to be a lot harder if they don't have a strong finish in the region. I think they've sailed through the regions these last few years. So I think it's going to be a little, little different of a mindset now um, to, to know. So, you know, obviously being in the same region as Strasburg, they're just going to get that kind of that state test earlier. And so they're going to have to be ready to compete then and, uh, and get those trophies then to give themselves a chance for the state. Uh, Fort finished 12th. They had two wrestlers finish in the top six. Uh, and then Buffalo Gap was also down there with uh, a group of wrestlers. They finished eighth. They had five finish in the top six, uh, including uh, Brennan Hildebrand. She placed, um, and that that is a she in the boys' tournament. So that's uh, that's cool to see. That's Buffalo Gap's first time having that. It's a great wrestling program. I know they're a little bit down right now, but uh, that's a nice uh a nice accomplishment for a good program, great program like Buffalo Gap and what they've had in history. This is their their first female wrestling against the boys in place, and that's awesome. So uh, I think she'll also compete in the girls' wrestling uh, state tournament, and I, they expect great things out of her there. I think she did well there last year. So uh, cool wrestling news there. Not, you know, not the uh, top three finish from Riverheads that we're used to, um, but uh, I think a little bit of a reset going up to class two and kind of, seeing what having a hard region is like because they haven't had that in a while. Uh, so that's what they got, and uh, they'll have to improve uh, to get back to that level they want to be at, but still a top-notch wrestling program, and uh, and they'll be back next year with plenty of uh, plenty more. I, and, I, you know, Wilson and Gap, I always highlight Riverheads. That's, that's the most information I see. Um, but Wilson and Gap, you know, solid years. Um, Wilson maybe a touchdown from some of these previous years, but – uh, still solid and great to have a state runner up there in Cooper Brandt. He's had a great career there. He's been at those states every single year. So uh, good run. All right. Uh, what is dominating my life is really what's about to dominate my life is the next two, three weeks or the overlap portion of my broadcasting schedule. So if it sounds like I'm talking less during the podcast, it's because I've just been watching less. Um, <laughs> I've, I've got, uh, starting tonight is one of two free nights this week. Uh, and actually Thursday, I have something going on, so it's not really free. Um, but Tuesday is VCU baseball, their first home opener. They won, uh, the middle game of a three game series against nationally ranked NC state in Raleigh this weekend. So that's a good sign maybe for VCU baseball this year, we hope. Um, and then Wednesday is that St. Joe's game I talked about for the women's basketball team, then Friday, Saturday, Sunday is Merrimack College and VCU baseball. So, uh, getting busy. You can find a dorm room down there to, like, just camp out in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, 
Um, well, I mean, I, I always appreciate uh, when you're starting the new sport because I always try to tune in at least a little bit, especially at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll turn into a baseball game. It sounds like tomorrow. What time do you have first pitch? First pitch is at three in the p.m. Nice. All right. Well, very cool. Uh, my doubled up has been happening, and that's where I'm doubled up on coaching two different basketball teams. I'm coaching kindergarten to second grade boys, and I'm coaching third to fifth grade girls. And between those two teams, I have three kids uh, that live in my house that are on them. And uh, it's been a wild ride this year. (laughs) Uh, Obviously, the girls I've coached because they're older, and I've coached them since they've been in kindergarten, uh, except for years that COVID doesn't allow. And so I've really had years of coaching my oldest and, and my middle and this year kind of feels like the payoff. A couple of weeks ago, honestly, every game we've played well. Uh, we're four and two, uh, but we were 0 and two. But if I liked our first two games, I liked how we played. I liked the aggressiveness. We lost by a combined like five points in those two games. Like we were real tight, um, particularly in the one game, just the shots didn't fall down the stretch or at the free throw line to allow us to uh, get the point total we needed. But then things have been rolling since then, where we've really been winning by well more than two or three points. We've been winning by, you know, 10 points in some games. So uh, a, a group of girls have really come together this year. Well, um, each one of them, all seven of them, I really enjoy coaching. Uh, they take coaching well and um, you see their improvement. And it has been, it's been really fun with that group. I'm really hopeful for to optimize how this can close out because none of my groups with these girls have really, you know, won a championship or, or something like that. We've been in positions playing in them, uh, but just not haven't been able to get it. So I'm, I, I'm trying to put them in a position to get there and um, hopefully they can do it and, and, and experience that side of competition. Um, the boys much different <laughs> than the girls and not that I haven't enjoyed it. There's, there's been more moments where I haven't enjoyed it uh, than, than anything I experienced with the girls. Uh, but coaching kindergarten to second grade boys is 180 from coaching kindergarten to second grade girls. Uh, those little girls look up at you and they want to they want to do what you say and 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 make you happy and please you for the most part. Uh, you know, 90 uh, percent of the girls I coached were probably that way. These boys, 100 percent of them could care less about pleasing me or doing what I say. And all of them are and they're nice boys. There's a lot of nice boys and good parents. They're just built different at, at that age. <laughs> To, of what their uh, hopes and dreams are on that basketball court. Um, how far they can chuck a ball towards the basket seems to be one of their their main two main go-to things. You know, how dramatically they can fall down is a big, uh, you know, goal for them each week. Uh, so, you know, battling through that and the reactions to that from the others is, is always hard. So uh, I will say the reason I'm talking about it this week is that we had the best game of our season this past week on Sunday – uh, we were able to kind of play with the lineup a little bit better. I'm coaching nine kids and only four on the court at one time. So it's just, there's no consistency. Um, you know, one kid sitting out two periods in a row every time. Like it's just, it's tough to coach. Um, and at practice, it's tough to manage, but in this game, we were missing one player. So we had eight. So we kind of had two groups and I kind of split it in a way to really optimize, um, it for everyone. I talked to the other coach and kind of we had a combined plan to kind of help the experience. You know, it's not about winning and losing. They're not even keeping scores. So it doesn't matter, but just kind of help the experience. Because when you get these second graders just stealing it every time from a kindergartner, not really beneficial. 
So he kind of did second grader period, kindergarten period, second grade period, kindergarten period. And so it really worked out uh, and allowed the kids to kind of shine. I had a one kindergartner, not my son, one kindergartner really bring the ball down the court and really show what he could do. And all year he hadn't really had that opportunity. So it was really good to see. And then plus seeing my second graders against all other second grade competition and, you know, making the passes and having the confidence in their teammates of having all three other guys be other second graders. It was fun to see. So we played our best game of the season. The parents were uh, happy too. not that they haven't given me any grief about any of the other times, but it was definitely our best game of the season. So it really made me happy. So on both games, I was really pleased this year or uh, this weekend. And uh, we have two left. And so uh, of the regular season, the boys will be done then. No playoffs for the for the little guys. Uh, but the girls will go on into the playoffs and, and we'll be sitting in a decent spot for that. So we'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, the last two weeks of basketball right now. Um, and, and it's been fun. That's awesome. Glad you're getting to and despite that. and I know we talked to we touched on Little League two weeks ago about the scheduling. I, and I didn't share your your complaints about that. Don't worry. I was we got out of that game and home for Super Bowl in time. Uh we've also worked in a makeup game this week. That's why we got two this week. Uh so I, I appreciate the organizers of this league and their schedule, despite what Joe says when he's doesn't know what he's talking about. He's talking about Super Bowl and he's just making people laugh. I appreciate the effort it takes to organize this league and uh, deal with bad weather and deal with the county, you know, canceling things before based on a weather report and not actual snow. Hey, they've they worked it out and they've done a good job. So. Right, he's just saying that just so he doesn't get fined. <laughs> <laughs> he also refs the game, so I, if I haven't gotten fined yet, it's <laughs> oh wow, it's a wonder you haven't gotten teed up. Yeah, then he, he obviously isn't a very good ref either if he hasn't teed you up. Um, <laughs> is there anything you know that we need to know other than uh, I'm trying to get you in trouble with your league officials? No, I've, I've joined you full heartedly on everything, but major league baseball all-star game. I like the major league baseball all-star games. I still think they're trying, but none of these all-star other all-star games. Are they, I've been with you on the NFL one, the NBA one. I'm fully with you. Um, it seems like Adam silver is with you now too. I, I don't know what they do with this NBA all-star game in particular to fix it. Uh, I love Scott Van Pelt's tweet. If you don't care, then neither do we. And uh, when they make less money for some reason, when there's less opportunity for them to highlight themselves, um, you know, this isn't going after LeBron. This is going after, you know, the second tier all-stars like, if you're not going to care, then neither is the audience. And at some point that's going to cost you money. So I just be careful with that. I, you know, to watch some of the highlights people threw out there of nineties, all-star games, all-star games I grew up on. And that's the reason I want to like an all-star game and want to think it's good. It surely isn't that. And uh, it's a shame. And this isn't football where injury is as big of a concern and maybe it's some, but it's not as big of a concern. And somehow they did it for a long time without, I don't know. When was this all-star game where everybody got hurt? I don't know when that happened, but <laughs> people act like it's just destined. So I, I don't know. I, 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 I hate what it's become. I didn't, I did not even stop on it for a second. I watched some pregame because it had the inside the NBA guys on there. And I've watched that before and it's interesting. And they had Adam Silver come through and LeBron. I'll listen to some of the interviews, but like, as the game was getting towards the game, I was like, what else are we watching? Like, what do the kids want to watch? Like, I didn't care at all about the NBA all-star game. And I, I think that's significant for this league. I, you know, so I think it's something they do need to address sooner than later. 
Um, they took, they've been fiddling with, you know, LeBron's team versus Steph's team and picking them and drafting them in this onset. They went back to just straight East versus West this year, playing four quarters. Like they simplified it back to what it used to be when it was good. And it might've been the worst one yet. So I, I don't know what they do to fix it, but they, they need to explore options. So. I don't know, just take the money away. Just say we're not having an all-star game. You guys don't want to play in it. We're not, we're not going to do it. Take that money away yeah, and we'll see. Leave, leave it that way for three or four years and we'll start seeing them care again, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's such a moneymaker for the league to have the event that I don't know if – I think that's why they won't be quick to do that. I mean, the Saturday night stuff is up and down. Some years it's better than others. The dunk contest last year we liked because Mac McClellan won and it seemed to get a lot of hype. This year Mac McClellan wins it again. But it's apparently the worst slam dunk competition competition in history. I don't think it's that because I've watched other bad ones. Um, but I, I don't know. They do a lot out there at those All Star Saturdays. I, I liked the Steph versus uh, Sabrina three point competition. I thought that was interesting. It wasn't a uh, you know a, a mean hearted men versus women thing, and it was both were competitive and it was fun. Um, you know, I think you throw Caitlin Clark into that next year or something, or say, even if she's still in college, I'd say she lost by three. <laughs> huh? She lost by three to Steph. I mean, that's not. Yeah, no, she didn't get great. thrown out. Yeah, it was it was exciting. Yeah, no, she competed. She's good. She's awesome. She's a great Sabrina, player. Yes, yeah, uh, uh, like an Escu. Yeah, yeah. She they the reason they had her as the kids didn't even know in the WNBA she went twenty four of twenty five in a three point competition, which beat whatever Mark Steph had set on the current three-point competition. So, uh, but, you know, it was kind of a heads-up, one-on-one. And I like Steph doing that, and he seemed eager to do it. Um, I get not necessarily doing all the – he's already won the competition a bunch of times. You know, I get why he's not doing that one. I like the the singled-out one. That's fine. That's good. Um, I don't know why so people are scared to go dunk. I just don't know why we have to have no name guys do it. And I like Mac McClellan and he needs to be in it and he, he won it. So he deserved to be back in it, but like they shouldn't be scratching the D league to begin with. So like, I don't know. I, I just don't know why people are like their pride is so like Michael Jordan lost to Dominique Wilkins. Do we talk about that ever? No. So I think like new star, I'm not asking for LeBron to come back and he's old, but like new stars should want to do this stuff. Like the NBA has got to find a way to motivate these guys to come out and compete. And be like, maybe you lose. But like, I don't know. I just don't remember in 1993 slamming the second place finisher in the slam dunk competition. Like, I, I thought we saw some cool stuff, but that guy won. Dominique won. That was awesome. Like, I don't think that's a bad thing. Yeah. I think and we it's... got stars out like Sean Kemp and Isaiah Ryder and guys like would make their mark during that and not even win the contest. I don't know. I do think some of it's different, right? Like, um, Obviously, you know, these guys get paid so much money that through endorsements or, you know, whatever, or they don't want to get hurt because then they lose this award or this money here. And it, it the TV is different, right? Like it used to be if you wanted if you wanted an endorsement, you had to be great. You had to be an all star. And then if you were in the All-Star game, depending on where you were, it might be the one, only time somebody gets to see you play. So you wanted to be great, so they saw you play, and they're like, oh, yeah, that's why that guy is, you know, Nike endorsed or Adidas endorsed or Reebok endorsed or whoever. But now, you know, it's so much 
There's so much else going on. The injury stuff, there are more injuries now. It's the same with baseball, right? Like, players used to pitch way more than they do now. Um, and, and injuries are happening more often now to pitchers than it did back then. Why is that? Well, part of it is the way we lift and and we've created these, you know, genetic freaks in terms of how muscular they are. That That's not – there's only so much of that that goes on the human body before there starts to be problems. So – that is part of it, I think. But, you know, I'm not smart enough to know what the answer to fix the All-Star game is. I'm not smart enough to know how to fix pitcher injuries. I, I, but, you know, keeping it to this All-Star conversation, I, I just think I, I'm not even into the baseball one as much, although that's the one where they try the most still, I guess. Um, yeah. Part of me not being into the all the baseball one is the TV Fox who puts it on every year makes me not interested in it. When the guys in the middle of, you know, playing in the field in the inning and they're, they feel the need to ask them a bunch of questions. And I'm like, well, just let them play the game. Like I don't, yeah, you, you were down on it before they started doing that. But yeah, I am. And it's I because like I don't learn either. anything during it. That's interesting. Like, it's like, Oh man, uh, would you? What's it like to be out on the field? <laughs> I I don't know, dude. Touched grass. Like, what kind of question is that? Like, hey, uh, huh? Ketchup or mustard? I I've seen better great. interviews than that on the field, but I'm not big on the in-game interview. I'm not big on the in-action interview. If they want to talk to him in I'm the not. dugout when they're not, you know, yeah. in the field. That's fine. Yeah. But what did you see for you to have that early step on that big catch? You just made two innings. Yeah. Like, yeah. I that would be that fine. But when they're in yeah. the field and be like, oh, okay. Uh, what do you think they're going to throw them here? They're like, well, if I know anything about baseball, it's that the right fielders heavily involved in the pitch sequence. Like, I, I just, I don't get it. The coolest one of those I ever did see, though, was the catcher. And, like, the catcher was selling exactly what he was like. And I thought that was cool. That was cool to hear in the moment. Uh, but, yeah, that wasn't, in an, that wasn't even an all-star game. That was, I guess, a preseason game or something. I don't even know. Yeah, but it was spring training. I know the one you're talking about. It was interesting then. But, like, I, you can't have that in normal competition. Like, you can't have the catcher talking on a mic right behind the batter. Like, you, yeah. it's not what we're doing. I just, yeah, I, I don't. Oh, Aaron, uh, what was it like to see the home run derby? Well, what was going through your mind when you were watching Pete Alonso hit one off the 500 feet? I don't know, probably the same reaction I had. Like, And it's always like, oh, man, it was really cool. Thanks, Aaron Judge. You have the personality of a pink. Yeah, like, we do it for the fans. And, uh, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I agree. It was really cool. I agree. I don't like the, the All-Star fans game. Out the here. They're all... We're all waving at each other, and, you know, I'm just out here having fun, you know. Go, gee golly. Thanks. I Great. I'm glad I got to hear that. I don't – man. Phew. I mean, good Lord. Billy Joel, what's the song piano meant? Well, it's about a guy that plays piano. I mean, cool. I, that was, that, that's that kind of question for me. If, I, if someone ever asked Billy Joel – Hey, Billy Joel, what's Pino Man about? Well, it's about a guy that plays in a bar. Thanks. I never would have guessed that from listening to the song. Like, Aaron Judge, you know, what was it like to smack that home run? Oh, it's great. You know, it's got the bat on the, the barrel on the ball, and it just, you know, it flew off the bat. 
cool. I wow. And plus, we don't need that question. While you probably should be worried about what else is going on. Yeah, enlightening. Also, here's a line drive, and, and that's the thing. It's going to take somebody getting hurt during one of those goofy, stupid interviews for that to stop, which is the sad part. I don't want that to happen. I want that. I want the people that run TV to know it's a bad idea before something bad happens. Like having the kids shag fly balls during the home run derby is a bad idea. It shouldn't take a kid getting smoked in the face by a major leaguer swinging a bat to be like, "Oh, whoops, that was a bad idea." Who could have seen this happening? Yeah, who could have seen this happening? Stop doing that. They're going to keep doing that. Yeah, no, some kid needs facial reconstructive surgery, but whatever, just send him back out. Get his little brother out here. Does he want to come out here? Maybe he can get catch one in the teeth. I, sometimes there are bad ideas, and you just need to know they're bad ideas before they happen. Like, before before the bad thing happens, you need to know this is a bad idea. We shouldn't be doing it. Why don't, they, why, why don't we ask Patrick Mahomes in the middle of the game as he's dropping back, Hey, Patrick, uh, what are you seeing out there? Hey, Patrick, uh, what's it look like? I mean, that, that is a I question. mean, that's true. Because even with the manager in-game, when you talk about doing it in the dugout even, like, yeah, it's better there. But, like, it's still not needed. Like, we talk to the managers in the mid- middle of the game. What do we learn? What do we find out during that interview? You're not learning anything. Nothing. I'm learning what bow tie Ken Rosenthal wore. That's the only thing I'm learning during that. If you just have better, like, if you didn't have A-Rod in the booth, you'd probably have someone in there that knows what's going on a little better, and you could ask him. How's that? Yeah, I just... I mean, I fully expect, if we keep on this trajectory, I fully expect Tony Romo to have access to the quarterbacks on the field. And just, well, you know, what are you seeing out there, man? Like, well, look out, here he comes. Ah! Like, whatever. I, I just, and then maybe Jim Nance or whoever's his partner shoves him out of the booth and we just get rid of him. But I, I don't know. Like, I... That's my biggest problem with the MLB All-Star Game. If they just played the freaking game and we didn't have all the goofy sideshow stuff during the game, that's fine. I also would like to see Major League Baseball adopt what the NFL has done in terms of a skills competition. Like, something other than just the home run derby. And I think the home run derby format's dumb. But outside of that, it's fine. I will say here late, you said, what else did you have? Did you have something else? Because I brought, I forgot two things that we were supposed to talk about earlier anyway. Okay, go ahead. Waynesboro's football coach. Oh yeah, he's out. He uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. he stepped away. From Waynesboro. <laughs> yeah, that's big news. It is. It's a big local <laughs> it's big news. news. I also forgot to re. Yeah. I forgot to come back to my big points. We're doing a bad job in D block. Let me hit this first. Uh, Waynesboro's coach. Um, oh, why am I blanking? This is embarrassing. Jarvis. Um, Jarvis. He steps away. Um, I asked one of his former players. Now former players. What's going on there? Is he like still apparently he's he's moving away and there's apparently maybe a role at a college. I don't know if there's any oh. truth to that. This is a well, reckless speculator saying such a thing. It is speculation, but from somebody in the program. Uh if that's the case, good luck, great, awesome. Um, even if it's not the case, you know, he he took this from zero. It was at zero on death's door of a program and and brought it up quickly and had reason for hope moving forward and was building back and the numbers are there. He's done a great job in what he did is a great job. I am sorry he's not going to be able there to continue it. I thought he was doing a good job. I thought he had the right voice 
uh, that he needed there for these players. Hopefully whoever comes in is good. I know the JV program has been very good these last two years and their head coach is looked upon highly. I know he's not working in the school, but we'll see what, what happens around all that. Um, but I'm eager to see what adjustments are made there. They have a little bit of talent coming. That JV team has been good these last two years. So there's potential for non bottom of the floor. <laughs> So, like, I, I hope they are able to maximize. Well, we even that. saw, we even saw at the end of the year last year, like the team was improving. Yeah, absolutely. They were getting a that lot. Quarterback better. has some has some potential. Uh, they had some linemen. But like, you're right. Like a lot of people stuff. might be looking at you know his tenure there at Waynesboro, and if you just look at the wins and losses, you might not be impressed. But he, oh, shoot. Yeah. I mean, you're right. He he inherited, and I was talking about that with uh, some people that aren't from this area. Um, because I had, I had mentioned it before I saw that Coach Jarvis had stepped down at Waynesboro, uh, or this conversation was happening before I had seen that, is what I meant to say. Um, but, you know, he inherited a program that didn't have a JV team. There was no JV right. team. And right. they were forfeiting varsity football games because they didn't have people. And right. he turned that into a team that was a legitimate threat. Um, and they were... They were a tough team to beat, especially the one year Playoff where they, they they jumped up and got in the playoffs. I and mean, that was a tough team yeah. to beat. And then, you know, I know they had the disappointing year uh, a couple years ago, but last year they had an injury very early in the season, which which hurt. And, but the younger players got better as the season went along, which tells you in high school, and we talk about this all the time, right? Like, it's not always about wins and losses. At a certain point, it does become wins and losses. But if you're seeing the growth, that's something that you can look back and go, okay, this is a good coach. Because high school, you don't go out and recruit, right? And you don't, you don't go sign free agents. At a certain point. Other than the hallway, you don't recruit, yeah. Yeah, at a certain point, what it, but yeah, you're right. What's in the building is what you have. Like, you can't right. go out. If Coach Jarvis doesn't like what he has, he can't go drive over to Charlottesville right. and go find a player. Like, um, and, and to see that growth, from the beginning of the year this year to where they were at the end of the year, I, I I took away from him, okay, he's he's got something cooking for next year. Now, he's decided to step down, so it'll be somebody else that gets to inherit that. And I, I honestly think, you know, it, we've touched on it already. There is no doubt that he is handing this program to somebody else in a better place than where he got it, which is yeah. the most important thing when you're a high school coach. When you do decide to step down, you want the next person to be in a spot that was better than when you got there. Yeah, it's that. So he did a good job. Mm -hmm. Strasburg, Coach Roller stepping down. That kind of goes in the same category oh, yeah. as Central uh, losing their coach. That's two big coaches out of the bull run uh, that are stepping down. So uh, 2B is going to be interesting for sure um, to see who they get in those spots and what those coaches are able to do with those two teams that we've covered a lot in the playoffs uh, with, with our local teams. So it'll be interesting there too. So two of note there. Uh, the thing I want to come back to, and this can kind of be a closing thought if uh, if we want it to be, um, I talk about coaching my daughters. And tonight we're watching the UVA Tech game, and they go to halftime and Tech's up 20 at the half, and it's awesome. And they get coach, um, um, our, our coach. Kenny Brooks? <laughs> no. Or no, Mike Young. Mike Young. Mike Young, I'm sorry. It's a bad night. They get coach Mike Young. He's big popcorn. No. He's coming over and he's like, you know, what did you see out of your players that, you know, you liked here with this 20 point lead? And he's just like, simply put, we rebounded and we guarded people. 
And I just paused the TV right there. And I turned to my daughter that I have coached every year. She's played basketball for life. And I said, it's that simple. And is that any different than what I say? Rebound and guard people. That's all I ever talk about is being aggressive, guarding your people and rebound. I'm not talking about making shots and shooting a certain percentage and requiring three. No, I'm talking about guarding people and going and getting the basketball off the rim every game. And so I'm not saying I'm good as, as good as Coach Young, but it, like that's how simple success in this game can be torn down to. And that's what we're coaching at, at Little League. So I, I just loved that Coach Young got that simple in his post-game conference. And that's something I like about him is that he does answer those questions. This wasn't a coach speak thing, as, as, as I'm saying it's simple and we're all saying it. He, he kind of highlighted, hey, how – how simple it can be this game. If we just do these two things that are really effort things, not skill things, we can be good and we were good. And I just love that as an example for basketball up and down the board. It worked really well in my house tonight. Uh, but I think across the board, I think anybody has to appreciate coach Young and, and that, and that point right there. So. All right. I'm glad you got to have well, that moment. I don't, I, I, you already uh, took away my joke because uh, at first I was like, oh, there you have it. Leland can go coach at Virginia Tech when Mike Young decides to step down. My goodness, right. I can't. I have maxed out. I don't think I can coach fifth graders. I think I maxed out at fourth grade. And I said this a year ago when my oldest was in fourth grade. I said, I think I'm done. I think I've reached. I know basketball beyond this. I don't know if I can coach basketball beyond this. And so – you know, we all know at that college level, it gets a lot more confusing on being in the right place at the right time. Uh, I'm just trying to get them to a place at some moment. Yeah. <laughs> if I could set a screen at the right time to create someone to get open, that would, man, we, we'd win the championship. Uh, but if you want more uh, Little League updates, make sure you're subscribed to this podcast. Because with the championship coming, I know I'll talk about it. But on top of that, we have high school basketball Tournament updates come in these next couple of weeks. we got spring season to preview. We have, uh, obviously, college basketball talk that we are very passionate about. So if you care about sports, uh, you need to be listening to us because we're talking about sports that matter to you, the Augusta County Sports Fan. Make sure you subscribe to us on Apple and Spotify and Podbean. Podbean is a free venue. If you're on Google now and you're looking for a new venue, but you want free to continue and not pay for commercial free from Spotify, or I don't even know what happens on Apple. Podbean is a great choice. They host us. They're great. Um, and then also following us on the Exports Pod um, is a great way to interact with us, just like Jeff Wright often does. And we always appreciate interacting back with him. I don't know if we commented directly to anything he said to us last week, but uh, we did We did on social media. We interacted with him, but I can't remember what he talked about now. So uh, we always appreciate that. Feel free to jump in and and. Also talk to us if you're like Jeff, but we'll be back next week to talk about more of the sports that you care about. You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast.